everyone out there, what's going on? Welcome to Screen Speak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I am sincerely appreciative of you coming by and giving this a listen. Um, if you haven't already done so already, go ahead and hit that follow button and download episodes of Screen Speak. So follow, download episodes of Screen Speak on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you know, I say that in a lot of my intros on there, I say wherever you get your podcasts, but in all reality, I'd be curious to know where you get your podcasts at. Like I can do some research myself and I clearly have, which is why I have my podcast published in those places that I said. Um, but I don't know. I'm always interested where people are listening. So let me know somehow if you could where you listen so that I can better track, uh, data and, uh, do those plugs. And maybe I, I can switch it up and not always say Apple podcast, Google podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts at. I don't know if that makes sense, but anywho, yeah, that, that, that's it for the intro and the plugs. So really appreciate you for coming by and being here. So I got to apologize, I guess. I I mean, not I guess. I, I need to. I, I need to. This is the first first in the podcast, uh, the history of the podcast, uh, since I started this thing on August 13th of 2021. I'm supposed to have episodes out every, every uh, Friday and every Sunday or every Sunday or every Friday, however you want to say that. Fridays and Sundays or Sundays or Fridays. That's a tongue twister, but... Yeah, I'm supposed to have an episode out on Sunday, and this past Sunday, which would be yesterday, it came by, and I didn't put an episode out, and you're probably like, well, what the heck? I, I, I've been a devout listener since August 13th. Like, like what's what's going on? Why, why, why didn't you do the, the two episodes, huh? What, what, uh, what are you doing there, buddy? Um, well, I'll just put it to you this way. Uh, so yesterday, it was Sunday. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't, I don't want to say I didn't have the desire to, to talk about movies because I love movies. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I am so passionate about it. Uh, and there's always movies I want to talk about and discuss. Um, but I don't know why. I, I don't know why. It, uh, yesterday, I just was not, I guess, feeling it. Um, hang on one moment. Uh-oh. It's another morning, early morning episode of Screen Speak. Uh, don't do too many of these, but I am drinking some coffee, so that's why there's going to be the occasional coffee delay. But um, <laughs> and actually, this will tie into the movie. But I will do I will do my very best to not drink the coffee and do one of these. So you ever hear somebody when they take a drink of something and they do this? Here you go. <laughs> if you've seen this movie, you will uh, you will know what I'm talking about. But anywho, yeah, I'm recording this in the morning, and I feel I feel bad that I didn't have the episode out on on, on Sunday, which would have been um, November 21st. So I know I'm throwing off the schedule a little bit by by doing this, but. Um, Please, please forgive me. I just, you know, yesterday I just kind of, I needed a day to myself, all right? I, I needed a day to myself. I just kind of wanted to relax. I didn't really want to have to, uh, I, I, I was I was working with some other stuff, doing some more wedding planning things, uh, life planning things, I guess, and visiting with some family. So, yeah, that's, that's why I didn't do it. But, hey, it's early morning. It's not that much of a delay, I don't think. I mean, I'm, it's, it's Monday, November 22nd, so... I don't think that's too bad, but I, 
I really should not make any excuses for myself. It's my fault. It's my fault, and I, I failed you. I failed you, Screen Speak listeners. I, I, I don't have an excuse. So I just ask that you give me some grace. Just please allow me to continue doing the podcast. Okay, that was uh, that was my very bad acting audition, trying to sound very remorse and and sick over my actions. But uh, God, I'm being I'm being quite dramatic about not posting the podcast for like what is this like an eight hour delay or technically longer if you're looking at the whole day of Sunday. But uh, whatever, right? Let, let's just uh, let's just keep going, okay? I want to actually get into the movie that I'm going to talk about here today. So I'm trying to pull up because I I literally had it up on here because I put the PC in sleep mode so that all this stuff would save. Apparently it didn't save all this, but whatever. Uh, we're here. So I wanted to talk about a movie that I didn't have to, to be honest, put a ton of thought into. I, I just wanted kind of a... A casual. I want more of a casual episode of Screen Speak here. I don't really have any movie that I want to really get too deep into today. Uh, but I wanted to have a movie. I wanted to talk about a movie that I could have some fun talking about. Um, and again, just kind of one that I could be a bit more casual and laid back about. So uh, with that, I was looking at movies on my shelf recently. I'm like, what have I watched recently? And it occurred to me. I recently watched the 2007 action thriller movie, Shoot 'Em Up. Uh, stars Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti, and Monica Belushi, uh, as well as uh, character actor, because he doesn't get enough credit. I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, Stephen, Stephen McCaddy. Um, most people, I don't know if most people, but I recognized him from uh, Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Uh, he's in that. I've I've seen the guy in a lot of different movies. Uh, he's usually a very reliable character actor and somebody that I enjoy seeing in movies. But he is in this um, as an arms dealer. But anyway, yeah, so I, I watched the movie Shoot 'Em Up. And this movie, it came out on, I believe it was September 7th of 2007. Let me double check that. Da, 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 da. Yes, I am correct. September 7th of 2007 is when this movie came out. And... The, 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 so there's a couple of things I I want to say um, about this movie, just generally speaking. Then I'll get into the synopsis and, and all the other stuff that I wanted to talk about here. Um, one more obnoxious drink of coffee here. So hang on. Ah, it's good. It's a cinnamon hazelnut coffee, if you really want to know the truth, people. Uh, sprinkled in with a little splash of espresso and almond coffee creamer. So... I don't know why I said creamer like that. Creamer is that even an accent? Sounded like Kramer. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so I th- I feel like this movie was popular when it came out. Maybe uh, I feel like it was. I, I I could be mistaken. I'm not sure. I know that this came out in September, like I said, and back in 2007. I can't say any of this stuff applies now with the pandemic completely changing the business model for uh, for theaters. Uh, but in years past, September is kind of like a release month for a movie. That's like an in-between month. So it's not, it's not summer movie season and it's not really like fall, um, Oscar movie season. A lot of studios just tended to dump a movie in September that they were like questionably thinking of it being success. Like they're like, well, wait, like we kind of expect a moderate hit 
maybe in September, but I don't know. The point is, though, is that I feel like this movie was popular when it came out, but it's been, let me, good God, my, uh, see, my mental math is not really the, uh, not really the greatest. It is 2021. I literally, <laughs> I literally have a calculator up because I can't do this in my head. Yeah, it's been 14 years. It's been 14 years since this movie came out, and in the 14 years of, uh, since this movie came out, I don't really feel like I ever hear anybody talk about shoot 'em up anymore. Like I, I never hear any, I don't hear references to it. I don't hear anybody like really talking about it as just like a great fun action movie or anything like that. Um, and I don't know. It kind of puzzles me because I will tell you, I will tell you that this is an original movie. I mean, I, I think it's an original movie. I can't say that there's another movie like shoot 'em up that I've seen now, grant you, if you watch shoot 'em up, you will definitely see that it's leaning heavily on taking tropes or stereotypes from famous action movies and sort of mashing them up all into a hyper stylized action thriller blender. But it's original. And I really think there's a lot of things in this movie that I have not seen in other movies. And I always have found this movie to be a really entertaining, fun movie. Just purely, and I do really mean like just a pure, the purest sense of entertainment in the word. Like this is pure escapism. Nothing about this movie is plausible. Uh, a lot of things in this movie don't make sense. Uh, so like if you're one of those people that's going to like watch an action movie and you're like, well, uh, the way they fire that gun isn't realistic or they, they wouldn't do that. That person died like this, you know, you're going to be that guy. Um, well, then this movie is just really not going to be for you. And I think like especially from the opening of this movie, you're going to know exactly what you're getting into within about two to three minutes. Like it, it starts into it pretty quick. Um, because this movie is literally what it says in the title. It is a shoot 'em up and my God, there's a lot of shooting in this movie, but let me go ahead and talk about the, the synopsis on here is cause, uh, yeah, even, even though this movie is like 90% shooting things, uh, there is a plot it is it's a pretty convoluted, uh, nutty plot, but there is one. So <clears throat> let's read or I'll read. After saving a newborn infant from assassins, carrot-crunching gunman Mr. Smith, that's Clive Owen, he teams up with a prostitute named DQ, uh, Monica Belushi, and I, I, I just realized that her name is called DQ, and uh, my lord, that is, I guess, a bit on the nose. Uh, but anyways, uh, let's see, teams up with a prostitute named DQ, that's Monica Belushi, to protect the baby from further attacks with Hitman... Hertz, or Mr. Hertz, uh, played by Paul Giamatti, that's hot on their trail. And so Smith and DQ uncover a dying senator's plot to harvest bone marrow from babies, just like the one in their arms. And it's, uh, I guess, a cat and mouse action thriller uh, from from that being what I just said. Like, that that whole senator plot is so nutty in this movie, and it's bonkers. And, and honestly, and honestly, um... I mean, it's nice that they have a plot for this movie. I mean, they need to. They have. They need to have somewhat of a narrative to have the movie continue. The characters have to have a reason to be doing things. They can't just go around wildly shooting people for nothing. Um, but to be perfectly real, I think most people can enjoy this movie and not give 
a rat's ass about the plot, to be honest, because because this is one of those movies that it is interesting because this this is a unique movie in that plot is almost secondary to the action. It really is because this movie is much more um, about the the action itself. It almost feels like a ballet at times because it's very, I would say, well choreographed. There's a lot of very clever uses. Uh, I can't speak usages. Is that a, is that a word? Usages? I don't. That's definitely not a word. Uh, I will just say guns are used very cleverly in this movie. Um, I know people give this. This is before John Wick, but people give John Wick a lot of credit for uh, like gun foo or car foo, all the creative different ways that John Wick kills people. Um, I know in the third one in particular, one of my favorite ones is that he kills a guy with a book. Um, it's very cool. If you haven't seen John Wick or any of the John Wick movies, I I enjoy them just simply from an action choreography perspective. But reason I say that is because in a lot of ways I feel like Shoot 'Em Up was maybe even a bit ahead of its time and sort of a predecessor to John Wick because I like I could see Keanu Reeves honestly doing a role like what Clive Owen does in this uh, because it is extremely action-oriented. Uh, his character is, I mean, he's just an action hero. He doesn't really have the most personality in the world. Uh, but a- a- anywho, so I'm, I guess I'm just drawing comparisons there because there's some unique unique kills and choreography in this that reminded me of some of the reason why John Wick gets famous. Um, <clears throat> which is actually kind of an interesting thing because John Wick, the the first one, I, I don't know why I keep comparing it with this, but whatever, we're going to roll with it. Um, you know, the first John Wick, I remember when that came out, it wasn't, it was in October of, I can't remember the year. Let me figure that out as well. John Wick, uh, release. Okay. Release date. I say October. I think, okay. Yeah, I'm all right. <clears throat> God, I'm I'm all right. I can't talk. Um, ignore what just happened, please. October twenty fourth of twenty fourteen. So, I remember when John Wick came out because I have always been a Keanu Reeves fan. Um, liked a lot of his movies, and I remember at the time like he had been doing movies, but he hadn't really had like a big big hit for a while. I remember that. And I remember when I was watching the trailers for John Wick and following its uh, its making and whatnot. Because again, I follow I follow a lot of things in the movie industry, and in particular, I follow some actors and upcoming projects they have. So I had kept an eye on Keanu Reeves and knew he had this movie coming out. Um, but anyways, I just I I kept telling people I was like, you gotta like check out the trailer for this John Wick. I'm like, I think this thing's gonna be huge. It looks great. Like this, like the action for it, it's done by actual experienced stuntmen. They're directing the movie. I'm like, I don't think this is just gonna be another disposable action thriller. And it's one, it's one of those moments where like, um, let me put it to you this way: Have you ever, have you ever listened to a band? You ever listened to? like a band or an indie band or something. And like, you feel like nobody else really knows about it. And it's kind of yours for the moment. And you're like, ah, like this is, this is hang on. Oh gosh. You know what? I gotta, I gotta drink this really quick. I don't know if you ever have this happen when you're drinking coffee, but the, the cup it's now officially got, it's getting cold. And if I wait much longer, it's just going to be like, I'm drinking like an iced coffee, but not in a good way. If that makes sense. Like cold coffee is disgusting. So I bear with me. I got to, I got to swallow this down. That sounds weird. Swallow it down. I got to 
gun it down is that hey gun it down pew pew shoot him up coffee references and what the hell am i talking about oh my gosh oh okay well uh that that may be one of the most disgusting things that just happened on the podcast that there was more cold coffee in there than I thought. And I'll be honest, I think I kind of gagged up part of it. <laughs> I think I think I got caught. I think that I got caught in the uh, audio for this, but <laughs> guess what? Uh, no edits. I, I am keeping it rolling on here. So uh, yeah, this is, you know, sometimes these early morning episodes are kind of interesting, aren't they? There, there's some unpredictable elements. It's, it's early. I don't really know. So anyway, where was I? Where was I at with this? I was talking about John Wick's release, and oh uh, yeah, yeah. So I just remember I was very happy to be right about a movie's success, and I even couldn't have anticipated how well this did because now there's numerous sequels. There's a fourth one coming. You got a prequel series with Mel Gibson in the works. There's a bunch of different things, but tying it back to Shoot 'Em Up, <clears throat> I'm actually really surprised that Shoot 'Em Up didn't become like an action franchise or there wasn't another one uh, because the, the movie, it, it's such a clever use of action and choreography <clears throat> and uh, the actors in this are all clearly having a good time. And I, <clears throat> my gosh, what is happening? Ever since I drank that cold coffee, my throat is now. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, okay. I think I'm fine now. Sorry about that. Um, oh, yep. Okay. I don't. Yeah. The, the the cold coffee just really threw off my rhythm. I had to <clears throat> stop it. Throat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Three times the charm for saying I'm fine, but <clears throat> I am fine now. Okay. So I don't know. There's 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 a lot of good acting in Shoot 'Em Up. There's a lot of fun happening on screen. There's a lot of dark humor in this movie too. There's a lot of things going, and I don't know. It's just this movie for whatever reason just never developed like a really big uh, fan following enough to crave a sequel, I guess. But I always would have liked it. I always would have liked it if there had been a couple of other Shoot 'Em Ups, or if there was like a trilogy of over the top craziness of this movie. Um. Because, yeah, I guess it's safe to say I really enjoy this movie. And also Clive Owen. <clears throat> Let me talk about Clive Owen for a moment. So Clive Owen, he plays uh, Mr. Smith. I, I don't think they... I actually think at one point the Paul Giamatti's character like reveals who he is or he says his name, but you never really know if he's actually telling the truth or not, even though we think he is because his, his character is really smart. He used to be a... Uh, FBI, like criminal profile or psychological profile guy, or, you know, somebody that knows how people thinks something like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, his character's Mr. Smith and, uh, Clive Owen, man, like, yeah, let's talk about Clive Owen because I really like him. I think he's a really good actor and this was definitely at a time where he was having a career high, or I guess he would, you would say maybe that he was in his peak. Because let me take a look here at Clive Owen in 2007. Because this, or let me let me just take a look at Clive Owen's <clears throat> IMDb. So, and actually, for those of you that don't know, I I imagine some people might not know. 
IMDB stands for International Movie Database. If you want to know about what somebody's doing or you want to know about what uh, what they have done, uh, IMDB is the place that you would want to go for this. So, <clears throat> gosh, I apologize about that. Um, but anyways, Clive Owen, he is an actor that I have liked for a, a long time. I think the very first thing that I saw him in uh, that I recognized him in, and probably one of his arguably bigger break movies, if you want to call it that. Uh, he is in The Born Identity. So if you remember... <clears throat> uh, okay. Now I'm fine. Maybe. I don't know. You, you can, like, knock on... Uh, not knock on wood, but, like, you can be like, uh, what is it? Take a, take a drink or something every time that I say I'm fine. <clears throat> I don't know. Ah. <clears throat> uh. Uh, <coughs> uh, that is obnoxious. Okay. Uh, I, you know, if you're still listening to the podcast, I, uh, I would really appreciate that. I really hope that I haven't lost my audience from all the clearing of the throat stuff. Okay. Back on track. Just breathe. Just breathe. Okay. I promise I'm not always like this. It's just, it's, it's the morning people. It's the morning. I'm kind of goofy. I'm settling into the day and it's a Monday. So come on. Anyway. So Clive Owen back to the, back to shoot him up. Clive Owen. He first, I think got his big break in you could say got uh, Gosford park or the born identity. I would say the born identity. He plays one of the uh, hitman that's tasked with killing Matt Damon. Uh, and he actually has a great shoot, uh, um, action sequence in a cornfield or a, a dead cornfield. Not really sure. But anyways, <clears throat> his career really started to pick up momentum from there. Um, and then eventually he like appeared in like in the King Arthur movie, uh, Sin City, I think was mainstream wise. One of his really big movies. He was in, uh, uh, Spike Lee's inside man, children of men got a lot of critical acclaim for that and shoot him up. And so he had a lot of hit movies at this time. <clears throat> and I just remember it was curious because there was a time in con- uh, a time in his career during this time that he was being considered to be the next James Bond. Uh, he's British. I would say a good-looking person. Uh, suave. He's got the charm. Uh, he can certainly do action, uh, especially that he demonstrates that in this movie because there's a ton of action that he uh, his character has to do. It's very physical. Um, but, um, but anyways, it's like he, he did a lot of really good movies during, let's see this period. So we got, uh, we'll call it, we'll call it 2002 to about, I'm going to say, eh, we'll call it. We'll call it like 2009, just to be generous. So from 2000 to from 2002 to 2009, he was in a lot of really solid movies, and then his career, you could say, sort of <clears throat> slowed down, or perhaps his choices in films changed. Because even though I had seen him do some other movies, like he did, uh... <clears throat> why can't I stop doing that? I, I thought this episode was going well, and then I started doing all that, <clears throat> and then it made it worse. Uh, but, but 
you know, this is what happened. We need to, I need to have content out there. So you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, okay. But he did like Killer Elite. I remember I always actually enjoyed that movie. Uh, he did, uh, what's another one? Blood Ties. That's a small independent movie. But the point is, is that he, he was doing a lot less mainstream movies. And even though he'd pop up in some mainstream, uh, mainstream movies here and there, um, I don't know. He his career just kind of started to take a bit of a slower. Um, I don't want to even say slower. He just his his choices in films were different, so he stopped doing as much mainstream movies. Uh, I think the most mainstream thing he's done recently was that that new American Crime Story series. He's doing the one on the uh, President Clinton Monica Lewinsky scandal. He plays Bill Clinton. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I've, I've heard, I've heard decent things, but gosh, but anywho, uh, I think, you know, I'm going to move off of Clive Owen. Uh, I just realized I basically spent the Clive Owen uh, portion of this podcast, clearing my throat and apologizing for it while trying to talk about his film career. So I'll just leave it by saying I liked his character. Uh, he, is kind of a cartoon character sometimes in a way because he's chewing carrots all the time, like Bugs Bunny. In fact, they have <clears throat> they have direct Looney Tunes references in this between him and Paul Giamatti's character. I think literally at one at one point, Paul Giamatti's like you're a, a rascally little rabbit or something like that. Uh, but he chews carrots. He has excellent eyesight. He kicks ass, and he usually says a lot of uh, one-liners after killing people. Like, at one point, I think he takes a carrot and jams it through a man's skull, and he's like, don't forget to eat your vegetables, or something like that. It's very, very cheesy and over-the-top, but it is pretty fun. Um, <clears throat> Monica Belushi. Um, I've seen her in a lot of movies. I, well, actually, I should, I should, you know, that's not true. It's not true. I've seen her in a few movies. I remember her most notably in The Matrix Reloaded. She is in Revolutions for a moment, but she's in that. I remember she forces Keanu Reeves to make out with her. And yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess that's what I remember about that. Um, but she is a, a prostitute, a, a lady of the night, a, uh, <clears throat> a street walker, whatever you want to call it. She is a hooker. Uh, that, that too. Did I say that hooker, prostitute, streetwalker, um, people that do sexual favors for money. Uh, that is her, but she works like in a weird, in a weird one as, I mean, as if doing that profession, isn't going to get you into some weird situations alone, but she works in like a, uh, uh, a, like a brothel, but like with like people that have weird baby fetishes. Uh, it's, I'm, I, you know, there's some dark stuff and, and strange things in this movie too. So, uh, yeah. Apparently, there's places like that, and there actually probably is places like that, uh, especially in New York, because I think I think this movie takes place around New York City, or in a place similar to that, I want to say. But uh, her character, <clears throat> which I actually don't even remember them saying her name, but apparently they refer to her as DQ, which, of course, it's, a, it's an ice cream place, uh, but Dairy Queen, and... I'm not going to say why they call her that if you've seen the movie or know Miss Bellucci. I, I guess you will be able to draw the draw the, draw the conclusion there. Uh, but it's almost a laughable character name. But that's kind of the point of this movie is that everybody's supposed to be a bit on the nose. Um, they were never really truly breaking through the fourth wall. But it's very much a 
like it's not real it's not meant to be real it's just meant to be entertaining and having a prostitute named dq is uh actually kind of funny so <clears throat> but that said i i liked her in this movie she's good she 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 gets to i, don't, I guess what it, what do i want to say she works well with clive owen they got some good chemistry uh she takes care of a baby she has a likability about her and i don't just mean that from like a look standpoint I just mean I, I think she's a good actress. I, I really do. And in fact, there's actually some emotional scenes in this where, yeah, I mean, the, the, there is, like I said, there is a story in this movie of whether you want to care about it or not. But in the scenes where the character has to show vul, uh, vulnerability, you actually kind of get surprised. Or at least I did. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, uh, you're not, this isn't just a crazy action movie. There's a couple moments of tenderness in this. So I'm like, hey, all right. Like, that's, that's, uh, that is good. Cause there's going to be those people that say, you know, these characters are not showing enough emotion and whatnot. Be like, nah, that's not true. What about the scene where she's revealing her, her messed up past that she has? She's showing some tears there. It's called acting. Pretty good acting. Like to see you cry on camera. Why, why, why am I attacking you? Why am I attacking you, the listener? It's not like you said that Monica Belushi's not good, but it's like I'm assuming you're you're gonna be like, nah, like she's just a hooker in this, like, nah, I, I don't know. Her her character has a heart of gold, damn it. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. But anyways, she's she's good, she's good in the movie, and uh, yeah, she's a pretty good actress. Uh, but I gotta talk about Paul Giamatti now. I gotta do that. So Paul Giamatti, I think, is. Uh, <clears throat> He, in a lot of ways, reminds me, he's not just a character actor, because I've seen him, I've seen him be, like, the lead of things. He was in that John Adams HBO series, a very good series, by the way. Um, But he's, like, a chameleon of an actor. I think the guy can do just about anything. I think most recently, and probably for a lot of people, they know him from Sideways, that that comedy that won, uh, that was nominated and or won a few Oscars about wine and alcohol consumption and writer's block and all these different things. But <clears throat> I always liked him in that. But I like it. I like the guy in just about everything he pops up in. He's a very, very good actor. And I remember when I saw him in this movie for the first time, and even looking back at it now, uh, he doesn't really play characters like this often. He's usually a, a nerd, a scientist, a writer, uh, some legal person. Uh, he's You would not really consider him to be an action person. But in this, he gets to have some action moments. But... <clears throat> He quite literally, Paul Giamatti, he quite literally is chewing up the scenery. I mean, he is so, his character is really twisted in this. He's dark, but he has some, he has some really funny humor a couple of times. Like at one point, like he gets pissed at his henchmen for not tracking down uh, this baby that they're trying to kill. He takes the baby's shit stained diaper and rubs it on a henchman's face. That's a pretty interesting, (laughs) funny moment. Um, like I said, there's some Looney Tunes references in this. I remember actually at one point, one of my favorite scenes is they're chasing Clive Owen. They're chasing Clive Owen on top of a rooftop. And there's this, uh, neon lit sign that's supposed to be for like a truck, a trucking business or something. And Clive Owen shooting at all the bad guys. He, he jumps across from one building to another and he's shooting at this sign and it eventually, <laughs> it eventually spells out like like F U K T O O. So I think you understand what that says, and it's quite funny. And the camera lingers on it, and then as if as if Paul Giamatti he's in on it because he sees it, he shoots out one of the letters, and then it says F U K T O O like two. So basically F U two. Just funny stuff like that. 
Um, but anyways, I, I, yeah, his, his character, he's, he's a lot of fun. Like he's a great villain. Uh, I love seeing Paul Giamatti get mad in movies. It's, it's entertaining and sometimes laughable because when his character gets mad, you do laugh in a way because like, he's just like, ah, God damn it. Ah! Like, like that kind of anger where, uh, when a villain is pissed, you can't help but be like, ha yeah. You know, be like, you like to see the villain fail. Cause sometimes people, you know, there's like some certain people, like when they get angry, you sometimes laugh. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, well you're a jackass. And this came upon you anyway, or something along those lines. But I really, really like his character in this movie. This is actually probably one of my favorite Paul Giamatti movies just because he's so not type. He's so not what he typically does in movies. Not to say that he typically does do anything because, like I said, he's a chameleon. But I have not seen him do really a movie like this since. Yeah, like I said, it's an original movie. But anywho, he's really good and I I like him in this movie. So... Let me let me keep going here. Um, yeah, so I talked about this movie being pure entertainment. I talked about that rooftop shootout that I really like. Uh, I'm just going to ramble off a couple other things about this movie because again, this is not the most deep movie in the world, but it's got some it's got some parts that are worth talking about. <clears throat> um, so that I think I mentioned before, this movie is wildly unrealistic. There's so much of this movie that does not make sense uh, and is crazy. Like, I know at one point, um, let me see. Yeah, he, Paul, Paul Giamatti, he tries to, t- like, snipe the baby. He's he's from a distance. He tries to use a sniper rifle to kill the baby. He ends up shooting a lady in the park. And then Clive Owen, in a way, shoots back at him or is able to, he's able to do something to make him miss his shot. But he, the, <clears throat> Paul Giamatti shoots this Karis, or, uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot. What is that thing at a park? Uh, it's made of metal. It's got bars on it. It spins around in a circle and you can hold on to it. And I don't, I don't know. Get dizzy. He shoots it <clears throat> and times his bullets so that like it, like, I don't know. One of, one of them shoots it and it makes the thing spin around to make the baby not get shot. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous scene. Um, <clears throat> There's another very ridiculous scene where Clive Owen jumps out of an airplane uh, to, I think it's a it's an ACDC song, which that's something I, I was going to talk about is the soundtrack, because this movie actually does have a pretty kick-ass soundtrack for a couple of moments, not the whole thing, but a couple. Uh, but he, shot, he jumps out of an airplane at one point, uh, I don't think he even has a parachute, or no, 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 he has a parachute. Uh, but it's, it's crazy, he's shooting all these people in the air, I don't know what the accuracy of that is, but he's nailing them all. Um, and it's some really horrifically bad green screen, but I think that's part of the, part of the charm anyway, is like, it's supposed to look shitty, uh, but it's fun. Um, probably another really unrealistic, crazy scene is that he has a shootout inside of the, inside of this gun manufacturing warehouse, and he somehow manages the time and effort to set a bunch of really lethal, like home alone style traps with guns. And they're all pretty elaborate, um, trip wires that make guns shoot. Even he even has like these blocks of wood that helps the guns rotate and shoot people in just the right way. I have no idea how he would be able to set all those up, but it doesn't really matter because his character is he has some backstory, some generic backstory of that he used to be in the Black Ops, he's CIA, he's a sharpshooting uh, 
target champion guy. Like he he's he's amazing. He's he's the best of the best, sir. Uh, all those cliches, but they're all there and uh, makes for some really unrealistic scenes. But again, damn it, they're fun. Um, <clears throat> there's some pretty shocking kills in this. I'd say. I think I mentioned that a carrot goes through a guy's head at one point. I think a couple people get killed with with carrots at, at one point or another. Um, <clears throat> one of the well, one person meets their demise. I won't. I guess I won't spoil it because I do want people to see this. Uh, Clive Owen is able to shoot bullets off through his hands. Like he doesn't actually. He doesn't actually uh, have. Um, he doesn't have a gun in this scene, and I I might not be saying this right, but he eventually gets. Uh, like shot in his hand and then he somehow is able to take a bullet jam it through the hole in his hand put it over a fire and then have the bullet shoot out through his hand i think uh i don't know some some gun person should analyze that scene and be like is that even remotely possible i have a feeling that they would just say no but that's not that's not really entertaining right That'd be like that'd be like watching one of those GQ videos where you have an expert breaking down scenes from a movie, and they're just like, "That's not possible," and then they just continue on with the next scene without adding commentary. That that would not be fun. Um, <clears throat> but there's some pretty shocking things like that. The carrot guy, him shooting stuff through his hand. Um, yeah, there's there's some weird stuff in that, and and there's uh there's also some very funny funny moments in this because Clive Owen's character he hates a lot of things for some reason he's just a kind of a bitter dude um at one point he has this uh, great rant talking about how he's pissed off at rich uh rich spoon, silver spoon in their mouth uh pricks that don't put on turn signals when they're driving he gets very mad at that and said it's a humorous scene but it is in a way it's true because uh, put on your turn signal when you're driving. It's not it's not that hard. You switch a lane, you put on a turn signal. This is uh, common or, uh, common etiquette and also supposed to be good traffic laws or something like that. But <clears throat> anywho, uh, it's got some funny moments where he's just bitching about stuff, but it's humorous. Paul Giamatti complains in this movie often, but it's it's also very funny. Uh, there's There's one scene in particular that I always liked where... Before him and a bunch of henchmen are going to go up to Clive Owen's apartment and try to kill him. Um, throughout the movie, he he keeps having these like phone calls with his wife, and he's like, "Don't worry, honey." He's like, "I'm gonna be I'm gonna be home late for dinner after I murder this guy." Sorry, uh, <coughs> <coughs> I don't know what just happened. Uh, air, oh, oh god. Oh, <coughs> I. You ever have that happen? The air comes down the wrong pipe. Anywho, oh, Whew. that was—I think that was worse than me trying to clear my throat a bunch. <clears throat> Anywho, I'm okay. It's like the twentieth time I've said that. Who cares? So. Anywho, so he's sitting, he's sitting on the stairs and his wife calls him and he's just like, oh, he's like, I'm going to be late for my son's birthday, something like that. And he actually has the birthday cards with him and he's like, hey, henchman number one, would my son like this one, the cute and cuddly cat card? Or would he like the, yeah, you're going to, you're about to become a man, son. It's got some cartoon lady or something with like big boobs and some sexual innuendo on the card. And... He's like, yeah, I think I'll go with that one. And then the henchman's like, how old's your son? And I think he's like, oh, he's turning six or <laughs> something like that. And it's it's just little things like that that add to the character's sort of twisted nature because he's he's wrong, 
uh, probably to do that, but it is funny. Because uh, he has this like maniacal, twisted nature where he takes satisfaction in being a twisted, messed up guy. But I don't know. It make it makes him a fun villain for sure. Um, <clears throat> one of the really, really messed up moments in this, and I don't even know if I laugh at it because like it just shows how he's twisted. Um, so early on in the movie, there's this pregnant. Well, the, the okay. So the baby that Clive Owen and and DQ that they're protecting is from this woman that gave birth to it. It's actually right in the opening of the movie. Uh, Clive Owen actually is shooting up people while she's giving birth and even cuts the umbilical cord with his gun. Like, he shoots the umbilical cord off, which that's that's pretty wild. Can't say I've seen that in the movie. Uh, but sadly, this mom dies. And the bad guys get her body. They throw it in the back of a car. And it's really, it's really messed up. But she's dead in the car and... He, She's in the back seat, like her corpse is in the back seat with Paul Giamatti, and he's on the he's on the phone talking with his wife. But then, like, he glances over and sees that like one of the lady's breasts is exposed, and he starts feeling her up while she's dead. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, I shouldn't even laugh at that. Like, that's that's awful. That is disgusting. Like, ew, 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 ew. But his character is an evil person, so that is a good way to show that he's disgusting and vile. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not condoning that. I'm not even going to comment on that further. I just want to say this movie has some dark humor and sick things in it, but it's done in a way that's enjoyable. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's hard to explain. If you watch that scene, I promise you can get through it. It's, it's not like an awful, like, ew, where the hell did this come from scene? It fits in the movie, but I'm just saying that this movie, it is a hard, it's a hard R, I'd say for sure. There's a lot of uh, pretty strong, bloody violence, uh, kind of weird sexual things in it sometimes, but it's it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's, it's just a movie, so whatever. But anyways, I'm talking about it because there's some dark and mysterious, kind of creepy shit in this movie sometimes. Um, okay, so the very last thing that I wanted to talk about in this movie is its uh, use of, of soundtrack in its action-packed scenes. Because in certain scenes, I talked about the skydiving scene where <clears throat> they're playing, uh, I think it's a sh- yeah, I think it's Shoot to Thrill, which is now almost notably tied to Iron Man anytime he makes an entrance. But hey, guess what? Shoot him up. I think it did it first because Iron Man came out in 2008. Am I right? Let me Let me see. Did Iron Man come out in 2008? Iron Man release date. Ha! Boom. May 2nd of 2008. September 2nd of 2007 is when Shoot'em Up came up. Guess what? Shoot'em Up used Shoot to Thrill in a cool scene before you did Iron Man. So, ha! Uh, I don't know. And actually, I'm also certain that Shoot to Thrill wasn't actually used in the Iron Man movies, I don't think, until Iron Man 2. Uh, some delightful nerd can uh, can check me on that but <laughs> but anyways um <clears throat> so anyways back to the, back to the music and the soundtrack and whatnot um this in a lot of ways is where the the movie can sometimes feel like a video game because they'll set up this this great action sequence and he'll be running through using objects um at one point they play uh, ace of spades motorhead the if you like to gamble you know that one the win some blue some it's all the same to me 
Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jacked up on coffee right now. I had a bit of an espresso shot in this, so that's probably why I'm talking a little bit faster. Uh, but anywho, it's, it's a cool scene. And, and there's several scenes where they're using cool music. So I talked about the airplane scene. Uh, in this Ace of Spades uh, motorhead scene. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, I think I might have said that backwards. Did I say the song was called Ace of Spades? It's Motorhead is the band and Ace of Spades is the song. I think. Um, but anywho, <clears throat> there's there's these scenes where he's having to, like in this apartment scene where they're using the Ace of, the Ace of Spades song, like he's using a conveyor belt at one point, he uses a table and like glides on it to shoot people. Uh, there's a lot of very clever sequences with the guns and then combined with the use of music, it just makes it a, it makes it a dance. It makes it, um, <clears throat> you can almost attribute it to like the movie Baby Driver where the soundtrack makes the scenes better because uh, the action is sort of timed with some of the music beats. And this movie is, is no exception to that as well. Um, and so I, I really, really enjoyed that um, because those scenes, I don't know if they would work as well without the cool music. You're just like, hell yeah, this is, this is awesome. Um, it reminded me actually of when I play, when I used to play video games with my brothers, not that I don't do that anymore. I, I still do. But I'm an adult, so I don't have as much time to to do that sort of thing. But when we used to play video games when we were younger, we would make playlists all the time and actually store them in our uh, in our Xbox 360's hard drive. Uh, this will this will be a little uh, video game lesson for folks out there that do that sort of thing. Uh, but the Xbox 360, you could actually take CDs and put it onto the Xbox and then burn the files directly onto the hard drive of the Xbox. Um, that, that's a, that's a cool bit of video game knowledge that you may or may not have known. Uh, but anywho, we did this a lot. I, my brother, me and my older brother in particular, we used to make music playlists all the time directly on CDs, even before video games. Cause that's, we, we've just always liked music. I still like music a lot, but for the sake of video games. And in particular, if we were playing an action game, <clears throat> we would make, um, basically make our own soundtracks to the games because it makes it a lot more fun. So to give you an example, let's say we were playing Battlefield 3. I think that was probably a game that we did that for. Maybe one of the earlier Battlefield games. And if we're in like a chopper and we're flying over somewhere, it was cool to play um, Credence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son, which is almost like the Vietnam song. The bum 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 that you know the those folks are born made to wave the flag american stuff you, you know what i'm talking about it's it, it's been used to death it's it's in like every vietnam war movie they they have to have credence somewhere in there <coughs> oh. but anywho um so yeah there it just reminded me this movie reminded me of like some of those scenes that music really enhances the action and just makes it much more fun and engaging for the audience. And I'd be curious to hear from you all out there. Uh, what are some of your favorite scenes in movies that um, have a great song in the background that just really amplify the scene and make it better? Um, I'd be very, very curious to, to hear. I know for myself, just off the top, if I'm relating it to a movie, um, the propeller heads, I believe have a great song that's made excellent, that's made an excellent use out of 
in uh, the first Matrix movie in the uh, now very famous lobby shootout sequence. Um, that's an amazing, that's just a freaking badass song. Like if I listen to it, I'm going to get some shit done. I'm going to get pumped. Uh, and I will no doubt want to enter the matrix and go, go insane and do like cartwheels. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I better, I better wrap this up, right? Cause the episode started off strong and then I started coughing a whole hell of a lot, and then it was kind of picking back up and whatnot. But then I'm like looking at the time, and I'm like, you know, what? I gotta, I gotta get going, because uh, it's the, it's the morning, and I, yeah, I just I got stuff I gotta do today, people. Uh, but whatever, I I told you I wanted this to be a casual episode of Screen Speak. I didn't want to do anything too crazy on this. I just wanted to talk about a sort of mindless fun movie that I enjoy that I don't think it's enough love. And so I think I've accomplished that in this episode. So I think that's it. <clears throat> that is it for this episode. So um, last last words on this. If you haven't seen Shoot 'Em Up, check it out. I'm sure you can actually find the movie um, because I will always advocate for physical media over streaming while it is still an available medium. Physical media, physical media for life. Hashtag physical media for life. It is, it is awesome. Um, actually... I'll say this, you know, I, I talk about physical media sometimes in other episodes. Would anybody be interested if I did just an episode on screen speak talking about physical media versus streaming or why I think physical media should still be relevant to people that are um, avid movie enthusiasts? Granted, it wouldn't be really related around one movie. My my format on here is that I take a specific movie and sort of analyze it, break it down, discuss it, tie it to life, or just what I think about it. Um, <clears throat> but I have a lot of thoughts on physical media. So, I don't know. Let, let me know if that's something that you'd like to hear me talk about, because I actually have quite a lot to say on that. And I think you'd maybe, maybe you'd find it interesting. Or I, maybe I could perhaps find some obscure movie that's talking about trying to trying to save physical media. I bet there's a documentary about it somewhere. I could I can talk about documentaries. Okay, <clears throat> but anyways, shoot 'em up. It's a good movie. Came out in 2007. I think it's worth seeing. You should see it. And it's just a damn fun time of a movie. And it's not something that you have to take overly seriously. And you can just turn your brain off and have a hell of a lot of fun in the process. So. That's all I got to say. Again, I apologize about the the day, uh, if you want, yeah, the day delay. This should have come out on Sunday. It's Monday. I apologize. But it's out now. I promise. Uh, I really, really promise I'm going to work my hardest to not have content be delayed in the future. So don't worry about it. We got Thanksgiving coming up around the corner. So let's go ahead and have a great week, everybody. And I, I don't know why. I came off insincere. Let me just take a deep breath here. <sighs> Everybody, sincerely, from me, Jordan Anderson, please have a good week. The holidays are approaching. Cherish your family and friends, and let's just make the most of this week and every day of our lives. I sincerely mean that. <laughs> okay, everybody, take care.